Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Step It Up, God's Love, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on January 8th, 2017. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year again. I kind of made the decision, just so you know, over the next few weeks that uh, I'm going to say Happy New Year all month long, okay? Because <laughs> we want it to be a happy one, don't we? We want to celebrate all that God's doing in our lives and, and rejoice in the fact that we have salvation. Well, this morning we're going to start a new series through the, the book of Malachi. So if you, would, if you haven't already, mark your Bibles there, Malachi chapter 1. Um, I wanted to start this new year off in this Old Testament book. It's, it's the last book of the Old Testament, and the prophet Malachi tells us and shares with us some wondrous things. This message that he has for the Israelites, for God's people, is something that you and I can gain a whole lot from. There are some powerful words in this book, words that will maybe challenge us, maybe change us, maybe inspire us, and maybe convict us in some ways. And I'm confident that as we, re- we read this book, as we go through this on this journey through these four chapters in this book of Malachi, that God will do some very specific things in our lives. I believe that God will reveal to his love and, and his compassion for us as his people. God will show us the things that, that we've done as we've turned our hearts away from him and help us to, to draw back close to him. See, God has so many things for us and so many things that he desires for our lives. And I believe that as we study this book, as we look at the, the prophet Malachi and his message, that God will teach us a whole lot of good stuff. So I'm excited about it. One of the things that I, I want to kind of remind us as we begin this new year is that um, I think sometimes we, we lose sight of something very specific, and the year gets busy, life gets busy, we get busy, and so we lose sight of our, what you would call our calling. See, God calls us to him. He draws us near. And as we draw near, he draws near to us. But there's some things that sometimes we lose sight of in the busyness of life. We, we forget to, to gather together. We forget to, to come together as, as the body of Christ, as, as brothers and sisters, whether it be on Sunday morning or throughout the week in a small group or in a Bible study of some sort. You know, to even just to meet one-on-one with a, a brother or a sister in Christ, to encourage each other, to, to go on this journey together is such an important aspect of our lives as believers. So as we journey through the book of Malachi, um, I entitled this message, Step It Up. And I want you guys to look at the screen because I think this visual gives us such a a great reminder of life. See, sometimes we think that as we go through life, we're, we're climbing these mountains and they're in front of us and we're so fearful because they're so big, right? They're so large. But what we lose sight of is that God never intended for us to climb alone. God intended us to help each other climb. And that's why I love this visual because that's two believers right there helping one another move towards and step it up in their faith to climb the mountains that are in front of us, to join together hand in hand. 
for the purpose of what God has called us to do and to be as the church. And I hope, I hope you understand one thing as we start this new year. I hope that you understand how important you are in God's kingdom. I hope that you know that you are a valuable asset to God. You are a valuable asset to the person that sits next to you this morning. The person that sits across the room from you this morning. See, you are important. And I want you to know that that I need you in my life just as much as you need me in your life. See, there's a role that we will play in each other's lives to help us to grow in our faith, to discover the things that God has for us in this life. And I want to challenge us as a church this year, as we go on this journey together, that we would, we would commit to gathering together faithfully, that we would commit to, to taking steps of faith towards the things that God desires for us on this journey. Whether you're married, single, older, younger, a teenager, whatever it is, I want to challenge you this year to think about what area of your life does God want you to take that next step of faith in? And as you think about that area, don't, please don't, don't do it by yourself. Don't think that you have to do this alone. See, because you're not alone. God has given you so many. God has given us each other to help each other on this journey. So can we commit to this? together this year to to step it up in the coming days to to look at our faith and really examine where we're at and the things that god desires for us and then gather together partner together knowing that we can face any mountain together and that god will help us and he'll guide us and he'll show us the things that he has for us we're gonna read in malachi chapter one the first few verses but before we do that will you pray with me father we we thank you so much for a new year. Father, we thank you for a new day. Lord, your word tells us that your mercies are new each and every day. Lord, so as we start this day, as we begin this new year, Father, we seek your mercy. We seek your grace. Most of all, we we seek your guidance, Father. Life can be challenging. It can be hard. We will face many things that we don't even realize in the coming days. We may have joyous moments and we may have hard moments. But Father, remind us that you are in every moment. Father, as we read through this book of the Old Testament, as we discover the things that you are calling to us about, Lord, as you're sharing this message from this messenger, Father, speak to our hearts. Help us to see clearly and understand the purpose and the plan that you have for each and every one of us, Lord. And Lord, remind us that we're not in this alone that we have each other, that we have you. And together we are stronger. Together we are better. Lord, we thank you for this. We love you and we look to you and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in Malachi chapter one, I wanna just read the first five verses together and then just kind of look at all that God has for us in these passages here. Verse one, it says, the oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? Is not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord? Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. I have laid waste his hill country and left his heritage to jackals of the desert. If Edom says we are shattered, but we will rebuild the ruins, the Lord of hosts says they may build, but I will tear down. 
and they will be called the wicked country and the people with whom the Lord is angry forever. Your own eyes shall see this and you shall say, great is the Lord beyond the border of Israel. See, there's a lot to learn in just these few passages. God is doing some specific things and he has a message for the people. He has a message for you and I. And we see right away that God wants the people to know. He reminds them of his love for them. In verse 1 and, and the, second, uh, the first half of verse 2, it says, The oracle of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. God says, I have loved you, says the Lord. See, his love is being declared for his people. His love is being declared for you and I. And the way that God expresses it is, is in such a, a beautiful way. I love how he does this. He just simply says, I have loved you. And there's this, you know, this, this understanding or this picture of this compassionate God that's just saying, I have loved you. I have loved you. You see God's heart and character revealed in these few simple little words. See, he's showing us the kind of love that he has for us as his people. See, this love is, is an intimate type of love. It's a deep and an affectionate type of love. But the Israelites have lost sight of that love. They have turned their hearts away from the love and all the things that God has done for them. See, this kind of love that God has is a love that you and I both need in our lives. It's a love that we cannot live without. And yet at times we try and replace that space where God belongs, that, that space of love with other things. But God says, no, I have loved you. I love what John Eldridge writes. It's on the back of one of his books. He says, God is courting us as he pursues us with his love and calls us to a journey full of intimacy, adventure, and beauty. To ignore this whispered call is to become one of the living dead who carry on their lives divorced from their heart. See, we need to remember that God's love is a part of his character. God is love. And he wants to give us his love. He wants to remind us of this love. What a, what a better way. I mean, there, there is no better way to start our year, new year off than to be reminded of God's love for us. To hear God's voice saying, I have loved you and I will continue to love you. Well, the question that we have to ask is, what does it mean that, that God loves us? I don't understand that. Sometimes it's hard for me to kind of absorb the fact that God would love me. Well, we need to understand a few things here. And these things are in your notes there. I want you to look at them. And I want you to understand a few things about God's love. One is simply that he chose to love you. See, love is a choice. You and I choose to love one another. We choose not to love somebody. Love is a choice and God not only chose to create us, but he chose to love us. Ephesians 2 verses 4 and 5 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, 
made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. See, even as yucky as we think we are, even as sinful as we think we are, even as as ugly or whatever we see ourselves as being, God sees us so much differently. And God chooses to love us right where we stand. Isn't that a beautiful statement? Isn't that something that we should be in awe of? Saying, even though we were dead in our trespasses, God chose through his mercy and his love to love us. See, and it, his love is unconditional. See, there's nothing that we can do to deserve his love. His love doesn't come with a price tag. See, and the great thing about God's love, his unconditional love, is that there is nothing that we can do more of or less of to have his love. See, God loves us right where we stand, and it's unconditional. I love what Malachi says in verse 6 of chapter 3. And this is something that I think you and I have to be reminded of every single day as we live our lives, the depth of God's love and how God, in his character, doesn't ever change that love for us. It says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. See, God doesn't change. You know, there's not that moments in our life where we kind of do some things wrong or make a mistake or stumble and fall or say something wrong or do whatever. And then all of a sudden God looks at us and says, you know what? I don't like you anymore. I don't, I don't want you anymore. See, what God does is he does the opposite. He reminds us that he'll never change, that his love is always there for us. And if anything, my best guess is that God's love grows deeper for us each and every day. See, that, that love that a, that a parent has for a child, that love that, that just comes so naturally and it's so unconditional. See, that's the kind of love that God has for you, the kind of love that he has for me. And he says, have I not loved you? And he says it with such compassion, with such depth, that we need to be reminded that God's love is for us and it's personal. See, his love is for you and it's for me. He knows us by name. See, the Bible teaches us in Ephesians that that God knew us before he formed the world around us. And then in Isaiah, we're reminded, chapter 43, verse one, God says this, now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. So if God shaped us and formed us, if God created us, if he knew of us before he created the heavens and the earth, why wouldn't we realize that that God knows us by name? that this love is a personal kind of love. It's an intimate kind of love. See, God's love for you and I is something that we should be in awe of. See, he created you. He knows you personally. And I tell you what, I believe with all my heart that he is calling you 
and he's calling you by name. But unfortunately, at times, we doubt this love. There's moments in our life, seasons in our life that we go through that, that we doubt this love. I want to ask you this morning, do you ever doubt God's love? Or there, has there ever been a moment in your life where you've just doubted the fact that God loves you and cares about you? Well, I want you to know that, that you're not alone. Look what we see in our story as it continues. See, we see his love doubted here. See, the, the people say, how have you loved us? In verse two, second part. They say, how have you loved us? And then God responds. He says, is not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord? Yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. I have laid waste his hill country and left his heritage to jackals of the desert. And you might be asking yourself, well, why, why are they doubting God in this morning? Are they, are they really doubting God? But they are. And the reason why they're doubting God is because they've lost sight of all the good things that God has done for them. They've forgotten who their God is and they've forgotten all of the promises and all of the favor that he has found for them as a people. You know, what's interesting is you read through the book of Malachi and I'm not comparing us to Israel, but in a lot of ways, we are no different than Israel. See, the Israelites found favor with God. And God brought them through a whole lot of stuff. God saw them through many valleys, many trials, many troubles. And God was always with them. But yet, at every other moment, it seemed like they turned their hearts from God. I mean, it seemed like that, that in these tough moments that they would go to kind of a, a self-dependent type mode well, you know what? God's not really loving us right now. So maybe I should just figure this out on my own. I think what we've done here in America, in the United States, is no different than what Israel has done. See, God has given us favor. God, God has given us a country that we are blessed to live in. We have freedoms that, that all the world around us only dreams of having. You know, I had a, a friend share with me one time. He made this simple statement and he heard it from another friend. He just said, there are people in other countries that only wished that they had your problem. Think about that for a moment. See, because what happens sometimes when we feel wiped out when we're in the toughest of moments, when life gets tough and it gets hard, someone hurts us, we get sick, we lose a family member, someone dies. We go through illness or we watch someone suffer through illness. We turn our hearts from God and we say, how have you loved us? See, America we as humans, we as the church even at times do that. We're no different than the Israelites. We have our moments where we doubt. See, but the great thing is God declares his love for you and I. He has declared his love for us even in those moments 
when we do doubt, even those moments when we struggle and we wonder why and we ask the question, why do I have to experience this? Why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to watch this happen? See, we're just like the Israelites. It's very easy for us to lose sight of all the great love that God has shown us. And he truly has, hasn't he? God has given us his love. He has shown us some really great favor. I love what it says in John chapter 15, chapter 15, verse 16. This is a, a good reminder for us of the love that God has for us. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. See, there's a a couple of reminders in here. Reminders that we don't have to doubt God's love for us. See, one is that, that God chose us. We didn't choose him. God loved us first before we even began to think to love him. And the other part of that is because we abide in God, because we can rest in this love, we can be assured. And here's the promise that not only we will bear fruit, but whatever we ask, that he'll take care of it. He'll provide for us. He'll see us through. He'll help us. He'll give us that peace. He'll comfort us. And we don't have to doubt See, this is why the Bible teaches us in Philippians 4. And I would challenge you this week sometime, it's a familiar passage, but to read the whole chapter of Philippians 4, especially in this time, especially in this season, as we venture into a new year. And just really think about the words that the writer of the book of Philippians is is communicating when it comes to our worries and our anxieties and the things that God has for us. But in Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9, it says, Brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. I want you to think right now in this moment of all the wondrous things that God has done for you in your life. The very fact that that you have the free gift of salvation, that Jesus Christ came and he died on a cross so that you can have eternal life, so that those around you can have eternal life. I think what happens sometimes, we we get so focused on the tough moments, we get so focused on on the bad things that we forget about all the wondrous things, all the things that are are excellent, all the things that are so worthy of our praise. And that's when we doubt the most, isn't it? Well, maybe not for you, but I know for me. When I focus on all the bad things in my life, and there are bad things in my life, there's no question. I struggle just like anybody else. What's the old, old saying? Do I not bleed? <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> we all bleed. We all struggle. 
And we all doubt. We're not alone in that. But the key word is that we're not alone in that. The key word is that, that we have each other and we have a God that loves us so deep that he reminds us of the great things that he's not only doing and has done, but he will continue to do and all the promises that he's given us through his word. And that leads us to the part here in this passage where his love is demonstrated. See, God demonstrates his love not only through the past, but in the present and in the future. God's love is alive and it's active and he is doing things in us and through us to help us. And I think the greatest thing that God wants us to know is that he loves us. Verse four and five here, it says, if Edom says, we are shattered, but we will rebuild the ruins, the Lord of hosts says, they may build, but I will tear down and they will be called the wicked country and the people with whom the Lord is angry forever. Then in verse five, he says, your eyes will see this and you will say, great is the Lord beyond the borders of Israel. Great is the Lord beyond the borders of Israel. It's a pretty powerful passage right there, isn't it? Verse four speaks of a God that condemns speaks of a God that says, hey, even if they try and rebuild, I'm going to tear it down. There's a lot of things that we can see in this passage that would kind of leave us to a place where we, we kind of question, well, well, how can this be if God is love? But here's the lesson. Here's what Malachi is saying here. See, God is saying, I have demonstrated my love for you, O Israel. God is saying, those that I have called, those that I have brought into my presence, those that I have chosen, I have shown my favor to you. And he says, and if you don't believe me, he says, look around you and the world around you and there's a lot of tough moments and there's people that have turned their hearts from me, that have neglected to receive my salvation. And even if they try and live in this life, even if they try and create mansions and build buildings and do all those things that this world has to offer, Without me, I will not allow it. And so he's reminding us, he's giving us a lesson. He has a message for you and I that, that we can do a whole lot of good things in this life. But we can't do them without God. See, we need God right at the center. You know, people will ask at times, um, who is the pastor of your church? And, and, and I say this in the humblest of ways, but I always tell them that Jesus is our lead pastor. You know, because I, I truly believe that's how we should perceive and how, how we should communicate or let the world perceive around us in understanding who we are as the body of Christ. See, because the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the head of the church, right? And the head guides the rest of the body. The brain guides the rest of the body. And so we as a people have to understand that, that God is in control and he is the head. He is our guide. And this is what Malachi is doing here. He's reminding them that, that they need God and God has offered them favor. God has chosen them. And God loves them. You and I, 
I think we need to be reminded of this daily. I, I need phone calls where people are calling me and saying, you know what, Floyd? I just wanted to call to remind you that God loves you. You know what? That, that he cares so much about you. And right now, Jesus is sitting at his right hand and he's, he's praying for you. I think we need that reminder. See, that's why it's so important that we gather together to understand and see and realize how God is not only has he demonstrated his love for us, how he's given us and he's blessed us and he's offered us, but also how important we are to each other to remind each other of those things. See, God has demonstrated his love for us. The only question that we have to, or that we're left to answer is, how will we respond to that love? How will we respond to the things that God has given us and done for us? Will we respond like the the Israelites and say, well, how have you loved us? Do you not see that I don't have this, that, or the other? Or will we respond with hearts of gratitude? Because I tell you what, if we respond with hearts of gratitude, our lives will be completely different. People will see in us something completely different. You know, I I love how the Gospel of John transitions into the book of Acts because it completes the story of the Gospels. It takes you and continues on into the essence of after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and how the lives of the disciples had been changed. The demonstration of God's love for all mankind. These men were grateful. So much so that they were willing to give their lives for what they believed in. I want to ask you this morning, are you willing to give it all for Jesus? Are you that grateful for what God has done for you that you're willing to give it all? No matter what he asks. See, I don't don't know what God's going to ask from you specifically. But I know he's going to ask some things of you and from you. And the very reason why we have to understand that God's going to do this in our lives is because there are many others that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. See, God is demonstrating his love for you so that you understand and you live in that love and you live a life that's so grateful that you're going to share that love with the world around you. That you're going to do whatever you need to do to get on top of that rock that God has put in front of you. And you're going to do it with someone else. You're going to bring others in on it. You're going to invite other people to climb this mountain with you. See, God is calling you God loves you. And again, what verse 5 says, great is the Lord beyond the border of Israel. That's the kind of love, that's the kind of awe we should have for our God because of the things that he's demonstrated for you and I. Isaiah 45 says, turn to me and be saved. All the ends of the earth, verses 22 and 23. Turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. Listen to this part. He says, To me 
every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess or swear allegiance. I want to ask you this this morning as we kind of close up here. Have you come to a point in your life where you've confessed allegiance? See, the Israelites were in a place at this moment when God sends his messenger Malachi. They had not sworn allegiance to God. They had lived half-hearted lives. They had one foot with God and one foot in the world. They were living lives that were indifferent to God. Lives that were self-sustaining. And they didn't trust in God the way he demanded, the way he required. And I believe it was because that they hadn't committed themselves wholeheartedly, that, that every knee wasn't bowing, every tongue wasn't confessing. But the Bible makes it very clear that one day that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. So this morning, I, I want to give you the opportunity to bow, to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's start this new year with a complete allegiance to God. With all of our hearts, everything that we have, everything that's in us in service to God. Trusting that as he guides our path, as he shows us all of these things, as he reveals to us, that we'll find our greatest pleasures and our greatest comfort in his presence and at his right hand. Maybe this last year was filled with a lot of tough moments, a lot of questions, and maybe even a lot of complaints. God's given us a fresh start. He's given us a new opportunity, and his mercies are new each and every single day. The question is, how will we respond? See, God's love is for you. I love what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. He says, seek first the kingdom of God, kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. See, it's not the opposite. He doesn't say, go and seek all the things that you want and then come back and see me later. See, Jesus says, seek God first and let God take care of the rest. Put God first in your life. Make him the center. I want to ask you to bow before God. Bow your hearts. Bow your lives. Trust him with who you are. I'm going to ask Jeff to come up and and play. And and I want to pray not only with you, but I want to pray for you. As we start this new year, as we come together as the body of Christ, as we step it up in the new year in our faith, as we move towards the things that God desires for us, that we would go on this journey together that we'd help one another and we would look to God's word for his direction and his path. Father, we thank you for this morning for your love for us. Lord, we thank you for the grace that you've shown us, the grace that you've revealed to us. Father, there are a lot of things in your word that we don't understand. There are a lot of things that you have for us. Father, but we trust and believe that by the power of your spirit, you will reveal to us the things that you desire for us as individuals, as specific people that you love so personally, so intimately. Father, 
you have declared your love. And Lord, there have been moments when we have doubted. Father, forgive us for those moments. Wash us and cleanse us. Forgive us of our sinfulness, our disobedience, and the things that we've done. And I pray that, Father, that as you continue to demonstrate this great love that you have for us, this intimate love that you have for us, Father, that we would respond in a way that we would bow before you, that we would humble ourselves in your presence. Lord, and that we would just surrender all. That we would pledge allegiance to you, Father. That we would put you at the center. That you would truly be our lead pastor. That you would shepherd us and guide us. And we would trust you every step of the way, Lord. Even in the toughest of moments. Father, we thank you so much for this love. Thank you for the declaration. Thank you for the reminder this love. Lord, with all our hearts, with all our bodies, with all our minds, with all our souls, Lord, we trust you. Strengthen us, guide us, and lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., For directions and information about Sol Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at solrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at solrio.com. At Sol Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.